Hey everyone, welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. My name is Jason Houtsma, and with me is Mr. Daniel Ornelas. What's up, Daniel? Daniel here on the mic. On the mic. <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, it's going well, man. I, 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 my, my prophecy came true from last week. We had a great time in Cabo. Got lots of sunshine. That's good news. I caught a six and a half foot marlin. It was that is crazy. Tell us about that it, for a second. It, it was like straight up. I, I, you know, I just read Old Man in the Sea recently. I was like, I'm having my Ernest <laughs> Hemingway moment. It was, it was actually funny because we went. I bought the trip for my dad for for his birthday, and I was like, Hey, I'll take you fishing when we go to Cabo. And you know, I'm like, What do you want to go for? And he's like, Oh, I want to go for something that we can eat or whatever. And they tell you they'll go for things, but like they don't. They just go for what's there. You know, they're kind of like, yeah. oh, we can go for this, this. Like, all the boats are in the same spot. So on the way out, <laughs> like, on the way to the to the spot we were going to, they had, um, my dad caught a 25-pound tuna. So oh, that was, what fun. Which was awesome. Like, he just got it, and then it's like, dinner's done. Sweet, we've got it. We've got, like, amazing yeah, ahi yeah. steaks. It was incredible. And then, uh, and then it was, like, four hours of nothing. And I kind of had this thing in there. I'm like, my dad wants some fish for something he can eat. I'm like... I mean, gosh, dude, like, when are you ever going to have a chance to do this again where you, like, really catch one of these big <laughs> fish, you know? And I'm not really much of a fisherman, but I just I just thought it'd be a cool thing to do. And sure enough, we're, like, on our way in, and then all of a sudden, it just, the line goes. And, and we look, and we see way out, like, really far away, you see this marlin jump out of the water. And, oh, my and, gosh, and man. My, and my wife sees it, and she's like, oh, my gosh, did you see that out there? And, and they're like, that's your fish. And I'm like, all the way out oh there. Oh my gosh, man! It's so far away. <laughs> so it took about, it took about, it, was, it feels like an, an exercise in futility because it's like a, like it took a half, like it took over a half an hour to bring him in. And what Jeez, happens like, is you're you're like reeling, you're pulling up, and you're and then you're reeling as you're dropping the rod, and then you're pulling up, and then reeling as you go. And there's like, there's multiple times I think we they they called them like rounds, and they're like, okay, time for round three because it gets right alongside of the boat, and then it just takes and off then again. Takes off. And it's like, oh and then there's, gosh, there's periods of time where you're like, you're, you're, you're reeling as you go down and then you lift the rod as you go up and it just all what you just reeled just goes back out. And it's like, yeah, they just, your arms are cramping and everything, you know, it's like you're sweating. You can't <laughs> see anything. You're just like, ah, it was, it was, it was epic though. We probably got it insane. in. And, uh, and then did you release it or do they eat it? What, well, what goes down with that? Yeah, I was, it was a little sad because, you know, we were planning on eating the one and then the, I mean, this is like this beautiful fish. Like it's, it's magnificent. Like you get, you see this huge fish come in and it's just, there's something amazing about it. And, um, but if it's, if it's hooked in the gills, if, which a lot of times happens because they'll like swallow it or whatever, then they're yeah. like, it's going to die. Um, but the good news is yeah. that, that the crew actually takes it and feeds it to their family. So. Oh, that's it doesn't, good news. It doesn't go to waste. They, they don't just like, they're like, oh, yeah, we'll go do this. And then they just like throw it on the beach and like, oh, the seagulls will get it. You know? Like, no. <laughs> it's, it's nothing like that. You see them like when they've got starving kids, they just snap the gill as they pull it in. Oh, accidentally damaged the gills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, as long as, you know, as long as it goes to a good cause. <laughs> that's right. It sounds to me like when you bought, you bought your dad, you actually, it's like the bowling ball that Marge Simpson got from Homer Simpson with his name on it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Dad, I'm giving you a gift of fishing. And then you see them muscling in the massive fish. Well, well, the, well, the thing you... that I actually thought about it when I was in the chair because I was like, I was like, oh, I feel bad. I should like, give this off to my dad. And my dad's like, I don't want it. 
like you like, like that's true though man that's true he was like 25 pounds that was that was good for me you don't look it's like it's really cool but you don't look like you're having a good time <laughs> <laughs> you had to muscle that bad boy in. yeah it's it's, it's definitely a workout. Your, it's like a twofer because you got to make your dad proud and you gave him a gift right and <laughs> you know there's been i've bought my dad a few fishing trips and there's been a few that i've gone on with him and i never catch anything so it's well, kind of like a redemption you. tour you know yeah, the, the Lord gave you that fish, let's be honest. Time. Yes. I, well, you know, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, how, that's how it worked out. It's it's funny, too, because it's like the gift. It's It kind of falls in line with all the Christmas ads I've been seeing since I got back. Have you noticed? I don't know. <laughs> like I've been watching football games, and like the ads that come on are like, I bought myself this great present. I get all the presents for me. Like, like it's like we've finally <laughs> gone beyond... Like it's like, there's always been this like cloaked Christmas commercialism where it's like, oh, but we're doing it to give yeah. to other people. And now the commercials are full on just like, yeah. I want this for myself. Buy it for me now. Yeah. It's amazing. Noticed, like, I love like that. A, there's like a Buick commercial or something where it's like, I bought this for me. And then like, there's one with Neil Patrick Harris going off on TV and like, I get all the presents. And I'm just like, what is going on? <laughs> That's being a good dad. <laughs> oh, dude, it's so sad. Amazing. It's so commercial. Yeah. How are you holding up in the uh, in the beginning of the Christmas season, in the Advent season? Man, yeah, I'm enjoying the Advent season. We've uh, we've had a good Thanksgiving and then a good into 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 Christmas. Going into Christmas, we've had uh, some good messages over at our church. So, uh, we've had uh, a couple of people talking about the different, um, but you know, the different gifts that. Uh, that, you know, there's the whole thing about the different names of, of Jesus being Emmanuel coming, God with us. It's just beautiful, beautiful messages. And then I heard this song by, uh, uh, what was his name again? Oh, Let uh, me think. I know who you're talking about. The guy that always makes me want to cry the whole time. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, you have played me. That's uh, Andy Andy Gallahorn. Gallahorn. Andy, uh, yeah, Gallahorn. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man. If you ever, if you listen to one song during the Christmas season, Andy Gallahorn's song. Uh, about Emmanuel. what's it called? The actual song. It's called uh, God, "I'll Find a Way" or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, what is this it? This song is so good. Yeah. This, yeah, this man makes his entire living off just like I'm going to try and make grown men cry, and he does it well. <laughs> <laughs> I will yeah, find I'll, a way. I'll see. I'll check it Andy Gullahorn, quickly yeah. and see which one it is. I it's, think it's I cool. Will, I will find yeah. a way, Andy Gullahorn. Gosh, yeah, that song beautiful. And I think you have to find it on, on YouTube. I yeah. don't know that it's on one of his records. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. How about you, man? What you been up to? I just told you. I been, do you listen at all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about Advent-wise. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm I talking think... about selfish fishermen. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> I, uh, I, well, I'll tell you what. I actually... Um, I feel like I've stumbled onto the secret. Like, I feel like every year Christmas rolls around and A, I try and do a bunch of stuff because that's kind of our job at this time of season, worship pastors and whatever, you know, that's what we do. Um, and then also, uh, I, but I'm also usually fried through the whole thing. And it just, no matter how much I try and like take time for it. Last year I did the tuning room. I was like, I'm just going to do the tuning room and just kind of focus on Advent that way, which is really fun. But also it was like stressful to try and, put together four new tuning room episodes and everything. Cause I'd kind of gotten out of that. And then, uh, and so this year, you know, we, we left the day after Thanksgiving and then we spent yeah. a week gone. And so now we came back and like the Christmas season's a little shorter and I'm like mm. ready for it. So 
I think I, I think the secret to, to having a good Christmas season and to be able to be present for it and be happy for it and excited for it and like be in the moment is to leave for the first week. You just go away that for the first week. True. You go somewhere else where it's like no Christmas work. Then you come back and I'm excited. Like I'm excited to lead worship for Christmas. I'm excited to, to bring in the, you know, some of our songs we don't normally do. I'm excited for mm-hmm. like all the stuff that normally stresses me out. So I feel like that's, that's kind of the secret. I think that's a good piece of information for our folks out there that are worship leaders. I think to get your pastors to send you and your paid holiday. Yeah, there you I go. I think that's the way forward. I, I think it, I, it's working it's great awesome. for me so far. So, yeah, I'm, it's, it's crazy though because uh, they call me a bit of a Grinch in our family because I can't handle it when people start playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving. It makes me want to slay people. That's that's in actually South a Africa, sin. Like, that's a sin. It is a sin. It's, I think it's somewhere that's it's in the in the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, <laughs> 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 but honestly, mind-blowing. I get to have these people that like, you know, they, they come to our, our house and they've, they've I mean, they're in our neighborhood, they've already got their, their stuff up, you know, sometime in the beginning of November, they're already starting to put up their Christmas stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It, to me, that feels like July because some in South Africa, you like last two weeks of Christmas, then stuff starts happening. Yeah. <laughs> it never happens in November. Nowhere near November. It you start putting up Christmas stuff. No. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, I, 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 I get you. That It drives me insane. When, when Starbucks has their Christmas blend before Thanksgiving and they had a Thanksgiving blend, like just, yeah. just keep it through the weekend, man. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's mainly, I think, because I feel like you're getting taken advantage of where someone's trying to make money off you to try and whatever. You know the vibe. Yeah. My son actually said, uh, my, my younger, he's, he's nine. He's like, Dad, Mom doesn't understand the real meaning of Christmas. She's just doing all this shopping. And I'm like, yeah, but she's <laughs> doing it. She's basically doing us all favors by shopping for all of us. She's like, she is giving. She is, you know. You know, handing yeah. out like she she does have the right spirit of Christmas. It'd be like, but dad, it's not about presents. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you, son. But you have to understand your mom is serving. Like, just, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We're just like, you know, yeah. she's doing all the work so that like we don't have to and that we can really focus on Christmas instead of having to worry about buying all these last minute presents. Presents. So, yeah. That's true. That's true. I mean That's she's true. buying, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, if you're going to leave somebody a car in the driveway with a b- big bow on top, you know, you got to plan that out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know if yeah, anybody's my, ever I'm, gotten that present. I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. <laughs> I actually know people that have had a car in the driveway. Yep. But did it have a big bow? Yeah. Yes, it did. But it was a Toyota Corona. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the least sexy car on the road. It's Give them a dependable. Toyota Corolla. It's dependable. Defendable, it is. It is defendable. It's, awesome. That's like an adult diaper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was gonna say speaking of dependable, but now I'm gonna say speaking of adult diapers. <laughs> no, got, that's not right. We've got Josh Ward on the podcast with us today. Yes, yes, Josh, the drum, the drum king himself. Uh, that and, is awesome. And the way that we approach it this time around, you know, I've been learning drums. Uh, through our website, as well as just kind of some other stuff, and and so I was going to, uh, I wanted to sit down with him. I'm like, I by learning on my own, you end up coming up with all these questions, and so I thought, mm-hmm. you know what, what better thing to do than to just bring on the drum extraordinaire 
and have him just kind of answer a bunch of my questions. Because I think that if I have these questions, there's probably a lot of drummers that have those same questions as well. And so, uh, so we kind of dig into a lot of stuff there. Very cool. Let's hear it. Hey, Josh, welcome back to the podcast. What's up, my man? Oh, I am. Uh, I have been. I have been working hard on my drumming. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you in person and asking you all my drumming questions. Bring it on. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, as you know, I've been kind of, I've been looking at some lessons on our website and I've just kind of been teaching myself, listening to songs and that sort of thing. And um, I've actually been really excited. It's been a lot of fun because it's, um, I mean, I, I stay to pretty simple things. I'm recognizing that worship songs actually are not the most simple songs. Like people are always like, Oh, worship's too easy. And now I'm like, not for drummers. <laughs> no. It can be that way. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> There's a whole lot of dynamic and a lot of building and a lot of, a lot, a lot busier playing than I actually would have thought compared to a lot of other music that I, that I listen to. Are you fine? Do you find that to be the way? Like, like you've, you've played a lot of different stuff. Like you, yeah. you played a lot of different genres. Like, what do you feel is kind of unique about the the worship drumming? You're absolutely right about it being um, very dynamic, a lot going on, and a lot of parts. Um, I think the unique thing about worship drumming in general um, is it, the whole song is based on the dynamic of. The drummer, not just the drummer, but we have a lot to do with kind of where the song goes um, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many like big builds. And the other thing I recognize is there are like a whole lot more parts. Like if I'm sitting there playing along to like a pop song or a rock song or something, a lot of times it's like, here's my verse groove and here's my chorus groove. And sometimes there's a bridge. But right. they all kind of have some, they're all kind of, I don't know if it's just the style of pop music now where everything's kind of almost just like, almost digital sounding a lot of times, but yeah. it just seems like there's not that many changes. Whereas like, I look at like worship song drumming seems to really progress. Like verse one is one thing, then chorus is another thing. Then verse two is another thing. Then chorus two is another thing. And then bridge is another thing, but the bridge has three parts to it. So it builds three times. Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. it's, it's so, it's a lot to hang on to. So, <laughs> so um, let me first ask you this. So in terms of uh, one, one thing I find when I'm kind of going through, you know, that many parts um, is, is the, is making the transition between each one. Like, it's the kind of thing where I'm like, all right, I just got used to my verse. I feel like I'm locking that in and then chorus hits and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then I have to catch up. Yeah. I either speed up or I have to drop back. Like, what are some ways that I can, that I can work on making those transitions? Like, would you do something like one bar of each or is it better to stay in a groove for a little bit? Like what's kind of been your experience in, in terms of, of making those transitions? Kind of transitioning between, say, like a verse into a chorus or something yeah, like that? Yeah, um, I think a lot of times even something as simple as – so if you're just playing like a, a, a simple groove and it's like a closed hat, you're playing eighth notes, and then something as simple as just one on the kick – um, and like that three and on the kick with your two and four on the snare. So it's just your typical boom, got boom, boom, got something as simple as just opening up the hats mm -hmm. slowly just on that last little measure. So just boom, got open two, three, four chorus, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Um, 
I mean, sometimes simple is the best way to go, you know, less is more kind of thing. So, um, and then maybe just like, a a floor Tom hit on beat four. So boom, cat, boom, boom, cat, open two, three floor Tom chorus, something just yeah. as simple as that. So, yeah, I've, I've been finding it's, it's funny. I, I've been finding as I'm playing myself, I'm like simpler is, is so much better for me. Cause I, like, I realize, you know, I'm, I'm coming at, the, I'm coming to this pretty late in the game. You know, it's a, <laughs> and I and I'm spending most of my time playing guitar, and, and you're gnarly at it. So thanks, man. But uh, <laughs> but then when it comes to drums, drum is almost like therapy for me. It's just like going down in the basement and just kind of like, all right, I'm just gonna lock into this thing for a while, and it's a lot of fun. Um, but I do, but do find kind of those those simple things. Yet at the same time, I'm hearing these songs, and I listen to some guy to do some crazy drum fill going into something and, and then you do them, you're like, you rock them all, but obviously uh, like you've been doing it for a long time. So one, one of the things I've, I've noticed is that like certain grooves come very simple. Like I've done them enough now that I'm like, man, if I could just be, a, if I could just sit in the pocket and everybody could, and I could actually play with a few people and they could count on me to not like speed up or slow down or just keep it really simple. Like that would be my goal. However, I'm also listening to these guys. Like there's the real simple fills, like, you know, the Pat Boone, Debbie Boones, and like you were saying, just kind of hitting on the Tom. But then all of a sudden yeah. you hear these things like, <laughs> right? Right. Uh, which, which is super cool. I'm awesome at mouth drumming. And they um, sound just like that too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you could tell, I was totally in the pocket on that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, do, are those the kind of things, like, I, I, I often wonder this, like with guitar, I, I'll be playing and like, I'll kind of just start automatically doing things. Yeah. Is there some kind of skill that I should be developing, especially like with my, with my stick hands, less, less about the feet that are, that are like, Hey, this is going to help you kind of naturally hear extra stuff. I know you're kind of, you're not big into like doing the rudiments and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But sometimes I feel like, man, maybe that would help me out a little bit more if I just did that. But would I just get kind of stuck doing that? Like, like how do I develop a little more stick creativity outside the most basic stuff? Yeah. You know, I, I'm not totally against rudiments. Um, let's just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> Josh said get... he hates rudiments and no one should ever play them. I will get slammed. It's happened before. Um, <laughs> I think they're great for developing uh, strength in your hands and stuff like that, for sure. Um, so, yeah, don't throw those away. Um, one thing to do, and that's that's tough because, like the like the ghost note stuff and and things like that on the snare can add so much. But it's kind of like one of those things where it just kind of I think kind of comes with time, you know. Um, you kind of have to, for one, learn the groove, learn how to play, and then you can kind of start implementing little things like that. Um, one thing that I I kind of do when I ghost note is um, it's tough to it's tough to explain this on a podcast <laughs> because only only you can see my hands right now. Um, I kind of almost do like uh, so if I'm playing an eighth note groove, eighth note groove meaning like eighth notes on the on the hats um i kind of play a 16th note groove between my right and left hands mm -hmm. but my left hand is doing what it's doing on the snare so kind of think of that so um 
Yeah, so that's kind of like I don't know if that really makes sense, but so you're kind of almost like alternating, like like one, like your right hand is one, and then you're ghost noting an E. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, because you're playing eighth notes on the the hats, right? right? So two and four on the snare, and then but the rest of those little ghost notes, everything else except for the two and the four is going to be like really low volume that you're mm-hmm. playing. Um, so you're already playing eighth notes on the hat. So you're kind of keeping that, you know, the E and the, uh, um, played on the snare, you mm-hmm. know, but you're, but you're already playing the ands, you know, the, right, yeah, the one and two one right. and, the and so you're kind of alternating your hands in a way. And, but, but your left hand, you know, is going to be on the snare. So that's kind of confusing thinking of it that way, the more I go through it, but I think it kind of makes sense, but, but little stuff like that, like that's just a trick to kind of maybe playing some, some ghost notes. Another thing, uh, to kind of work on like your dynamics and stuff like that is, uh, just playing a regular groove, except for playing it on the hat, play it on the floor, Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of figure out what kind of fits in between like you've on those ghost note things, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Cause you're just going back and forth between, you know, the floor Tom play eighth notes on the floor Tom mm-hmm. and then play the two and the four on the snare, but, but play those ghosts on the snare and you'll kind of, I don't know, it kind of, you kind of start just feeling it as you go. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of feel it, see where they fit. And then I think just doing little simple things like that, you kind of feel what different sounds the drums can make, you know, by, kind of going softer and, you know, doing those mm. things. So, um, yeah, I think it's just, you kind of just got to dive in and just play around, you know? Yeah. I, f- I feel a blog post coming on there. I feel like <laughs> there's a demonstration up, up in the, uh, up in the wings. Yeah. Cause, I owe you one. <laughs> cause that's okay. So here's, so here's, here's another question. I, I wonder, so you would laugh if you saw my kit, like it's like a full on like goodwill, you know, like I think it's like a Fender Starcaster or something, you know, <laughs> and um, it's just <laughs> so garbage or whatever. Um, and where, in terms of technique, like I understand that there are, uh, you know, I think when like I always encourage people, hey, if you're gonna get a guitar, get a guitar that's nice enough that you want to play it, like that you're not having to fight the instrument the whole time, right? But then yeah. there's things that are less important, you know, in terms of yeah, you want it to look pretty, but it doesn't need to have all these inlays and it doesn't need to be like the greatest guitar. You don't need to have your, you know, mat- perfectly matched wood and all that kind of stuff to really, to learn an instrument. Eventually you want to go down the road and you'll get more joy the more you play something. Um, yeah. But I've noticed, so I I was like, oh, this kid is great for just practicing, right? So I started working on it and I start realizing like, man, you know what? I think that this kick pedal is so bad, it's actually stopping me from learning, like it's getting in the way. So I, so I bought like an iron Cobra or something like that. And like immediately it was like, Oh my gosh, this is like so much better. Um, if I'm building from my crappy kit to something like, what are things on, on a kit that can kind of get in the way of you learning to play well? What are my Um, barriers? Like, like one of the things I think about is like my hi hat stand. It's also a piece of garbage. I don't know how much that really affects me or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right on. Um, that's, that's, that's some good stuff right there. Yeah. So you need a good kick pedal, I would say, which you Mm -hmm. sounds like you have one now. 
and then your hi-hat stand, that's a big thing too, because you don't want something. So I, I play with a, a DW9000 uh, hi-hat stand, mm-hmm. um, and I play a 5000, a DW5000 pedal. I've just had it for years. Um, and they make better ones than what I have for sure. But, uh, you just want something that's smooth. So my 9,000 hat stand, I can go in and adjust the, uh, sensitivity of like the pedal. Mm -hmm. So, so it can be really easy to lift and shut, or you can tighten it up and make it more firm to where it's harder to push down. So, um, which one do you like? I like it really loose to where I don't have to put much weight on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know if it has anything to do with like body size and stuff, but I'm a little dude and I don't have a lot of weight in my little chicken leg. So um, <laughs> I don't have much of a calf muzzle. So it's easier for me to leave it, you know, like the easiest setting. Mm-hmm. Um, rather as a bigger person with a heavier leg or foot maybe um, could maybe – that could maybe play into it a little bit too, but, but yeah, hi-hat stand and kick pedal. Um, I would say those are, those are some really good, uh, that's good stuff. Gives you some good, good equipment can help you progress. You know what I mean? And I would say like, as far as the drums go, you can make, you can make drums sound decent, you know, and just for practicing and stuff like that, the drums, I would say, aren't as important, mm-hmm. you know, as if you're going into a recording session and you want like five different snare options and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, because you're just, you're in your bedroom or basement or whatever, just learning how to play. It doesn't matter. Um, I had somebody uh, with a question the other day uh, from the site and they were asking about, um, does it matter if I practice on a kit? Or can I practice on like couch cushions and stuff like that, you know? And I was like, you know what? Uh, Because they were referring to like these mesh practice kits and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter because as long as you're familiar with your kit at your church or wherever you're playing and you feel confident enough to where, okay, I know what this is. I know what this sounds like when I'm hitting this cushion over here that's my floor, Tom, you know, I know what I'm doing, you know, um, then you're good to go. At least you're practicing, you know, you're practicing that muscle memory. It might not be set up exactly like you have it, but, but yeah. So I would say the drums don't really matter that much. It's just your hardware and stuff really right. can play a big part. Yeah. What about the, um, what about drum heads? Cause I, I went and picked up some nice heads, you know, nicer heads or whatever than what I had. And I, I don't know how well I've tuned them. I've been trying it. Okay. Let me ask you this. I've got, yeah. I've got a, I've got two toms. I got a floor tom and a, I think, uh, like say a 14 like, or a 16 something. I got the smaller one up top yeah, and then I got the big one on the floor. This is like okay. such a, <laughs> such a knob is <laughs> such a noob. <laughs> so, so we have a rack tom and a floor tom. Right. Like what, what should I be tuning those to? I know, like I noticed like you're, I should probably just listen to your videos more. Cause I actually, sometimes I'm like playing along and I'm like, why do yours sound so much better besides the fact that you're so much better and your drums are so much better. <laughs> uh, but well, tuning just, wise. Yeah. I just pick a, I just kind of pick a sound in my head. I don't pick a certain note, you know, mm. or anything like that. I don't tune my drums to notes. Um, I just kind of like that, that, um, 
worship drummer sound, you know, that you're hearing <laughs> on all these uh, worship records. Um, just the earthy, real full, deep, throaty tones, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just kind of what I go for. So, um, yeah, I just uh, I don't crank the on the toms. I don't crank the bottom head too tight. And then uh, I don't I play everything kind of loose. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so is there like are there specific tones though that because that's one of the things that caused me problems is like okay I'll get that top head sounding good and then I'm like okay what's this bottom thing supposed to be and I've read yeah. articles online and stuff like like do you relate those to each other or is it like you just know how like I definitely don't get that like boom sound yeah. that does not well, happen on my drum kit <laughs> it goes boom. <laughs> well, I I uh, so I cheat a lot. I I use this thing called the Evans. Uh, it's a it's a drum key, but it's a torque key, and it's made by Evans. Um, so it's got a little dial on it, like a torque wrench. And I kind of have my starting numbers um, that just work for me on any kit. Um, so I can walk up to a kit and kind of get a rough idea, and then I'll kind of just play with it from there. Um, but as far as that key goes, I tune the bottom head. Um, usually two numbers higher than the top. And that just tends to work for me. Um, and then I'll kind of just, I'll kind of just play with it from there and, and find the, the tone because every, every drum's different. Um, you know, you might have a birch shell or a maple shell or, you know, you know, a, a three ply shell and a seven ply, you know, it's everything and the type of head, like, all of that is going to make a difference in what that drum's going to sound like. Cool. So the, so wait, tell me about this torque key. So essentially like there's like a number that you actually just go to on the. Yep. It starts with zero. Um, and then it just gradually, it goes up and then, um, you, you can, it'll wrap around a couple times. So it'll, it'll get pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I just kind of tune my drums one day and then just kind of found the, you know, I would go backwards with it and kind of see where that torque was stopping. And then I kind of figured out where my numbers were. Um, so I kind of have numbers in my head for my toms and then kind of where to start out on my snare and stuff like that. So, so, what, are, so just, what are your numbers? Can you tell oh us man, the secret? What are the secrets. numbers? No, oh. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not a secret. Uh, yeah, so if anybody has one, usually what I do is I start on my toms with um, – so it's so it's going to start at zero, okay, and that's going to be it'll just flop back and forth, so it will be no torque at all. Um, start there. I go to eight on my top head mm-hmm. on my toms. On the bottom, I usually do um, if we're at eight there. I go to the zero, which will keep going up to the next zero, which would be ten. Um, that's usually where I start at on my bottom heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, I'll just hit them and kind of find that sweet spot, maybe adjust like the, the bottom two lugs on each drum or something, just kind of find a spot. Um, and then on my snare, I think I go like, I go to like 13 or 15, I think on the bottom head of my snare, I crank my bottom snare head like really tight. Mm -hmm. Um, and then on the top, I usually do it at like 11 uh, 11 or 12. And then I, I do a couple other tricks on my snares too, to get them how I want them. 
Yeah, you just seen you like all kinds of different stuff, <laughs> all kinds of different little toys on your snare. Yeah, I I usually put like a like a basically a paper towel that I tape on the bottom head, like a little square, mm-hmm. um, probably like a three by three square, and then um, I use fat wires, the forty two strand snare wires on the bottom. You got to have those, um, and then obviously your big fat snare mufflers, stuff like that. Those are always the go tos for a quick fix. Yeah. How, so how do you find? How did you find that that's what you liked? Like I think, like like I, what, that's one of the things that as I as I'm kind of, you know, building things, I'm going okay. I think that sounds okay. I don't think that sounds okay, but I don't know how to fix it. Like, <laughs> like how did you find it? Like, oh, you know what? I like to tape a three by three square. <laughs> of a paper towel on the so, bottom of my H snare. Yeah, kind of random, right? Um, well, I got that trick from a buddy of mine a long time ago, and I just stuck with it, uh, kind of ripped it off of him. And then um, everything else is just, um, I think, having honest friends. <laughs> like, hey, man, that sounds horrible. Can you do something about that? <laughs> You know, so oh, yeah. true. Yeah, man. Those, yeah, the, I remember the. I remember the. One of my favorite things. I thought I was just like shredding in church when I was a kid. I was probably like fifteen or sixteen, and like I kind of like looked at this guy, like thinking that's pretty sweet, right? And he's like, "Hey, man, are you in tune?" You're just like, oh. oh man. Turns out, I don't, I'm either out of tune, which would be the better scenario, that if, I, or he's just saying you kind of suck. it's like okay i'll work on it yeah honesty yeah honesty is important goes a long way yeah well and the thing is it's funny just as a side note like with honesty it's there's a there's always a moment right where you have that little like ow but then you have that opera but then some people i think just kind of get butthurt and just go like well i won't do that anymore or yeah. you go like, okay, how do I make this better? Well, okay, I will. How do how do I do something about that? You know, right? It makes yeah, a, makes a huge difference. Um, symbols. What should I be yeah. looking for in symbols? Right now, I've got. I, I bought some hi hats and a ride from a dude on Craigslist. They're like a, gosh, I don't even know. They're something, Saban or something. But then I have this crash symbol that dude, it literally looks like. Like I once again, it's a Starcaster kit. So I mean, it's like wavy. Like, <laughs> like it looks like Oscar the Grouch's trash can at this point. Like it's just, it's just thrashed. It's been hit way too many times. Yeah, I just, I've just wailed on it, and it's, it's just like I swear every time I hit it, I see it like bend. You know, like, <laughs> like what, uh, what should I be looking for in a crash symbol? Uh, something better than that. Um, <laughs> I had so my first kit. I had some no name symbols, you know, that came with the kit. Um, if anybody knows what percussion plus was back in the day, that was my first kit. And, um, my symbols, my hi-hat, if I pushed down too hard, they would straight up invert on each <laughs> other. Like they would just pop. So, um, I feel your pain <laughs> on those, man. Symbols, just something, uh, especially in the worship setting, I, I say big symbols and dark symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get anything super bright, super small. The smaller they are, the more splashier they're going to be, you know? Um, so yeah, something dark, um, something, something bigger. I play 22 and 24 
on my crashes. And then I play, I don't play anything less than 16 on my hats. I'm playing 18 inch high hats right now. Um, they're actually two crashes, but it my, works. I was going to say, I think that's bigger than my crash for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just mail you uh, my high my high hats, and you'll have two crashes. <laughs> um, now I used to play Zildjian uh, K lights. Um, for I used to play the K light rides as my a twenty two as my crash, and then twenty four as my ride. Um, because really, rides nowadays in the worship world were just washing out and crashing on those anyway. So you need a good versatile ride that you can. You can normal ride on with the tip of your stick and then, you know, dig into and wash out. So right now I'm playing Heartbeats. Um, Heartbeat is a great company um, and they have a lot of great sounding symbols for the worship community for sure. Um, Playing a custom dry right now. um, That series is really good for worship music. Even the jazz series is good for the worship worship side of stuff because it's real. It's just light. It's thin. It's kind of a thin, dark, and it doesn't take much to get washy. So, yeah, large and dark. Well, okay. So let me let, let me let me close with this. So you've literally just given me so much stuff to to look into, and it's it's funny because it's like no matter how many videos you watch of something, or no matter how many, there's nothing like having somebody just go, "Oh, this is what I do," like that that kind of thing is really helpful. Like who, who, what kind of musicians do you look up to? Like who, who do you look at and go like, Oh man, I try to like catch a little, like this guy has this particular vibe or like who, who, who are your kind of drum heroes? Man. Um, there's a few, um, there's a guy, well, obviously everybody knows who Paul Mayberry is, um, in the worship world. Uh, he's played for tons of people, produced a lot of people and he's got that sound drums and he's killing it. So that dude for sure. Um, Aaron Sterling is a guy. Um, he plays drums for John Mayer. Um, well, a lot of people, but he's, he's played with John Mayer a lot. Just a creative dude, man. Like he's got so many videos on Instagram and, uh, he does like master class uh, videos that you can buy into and, and get, um, but just creative stuff. Like you wouldn't even, you, you, you can't even think about what this guy is like doing, you know, mm-hmm. like he needs a sound for a record. So he's just going to go get a bunch of like cans together and like, you know, like 20 cans that are all stringed together and then he'll just like hit them. And then there's like reverb all over the, you know, it's just like <laughs> makes this incredible sound. Like I wouldn't have thought of that, you know, but he's just, he's just like a really creative guy. Um, I mean, as far as like drum sounds go, all of the, uh, you know, like the elevation stuff and, uh, vertical stuff, like all that stuff sounds so good, just their drum tones and stuff like that. So I kind of just model my sound, you know, um, after some of that stuff and, and playing wise, you know, too, um, like Garrett Goodwin, we, we had him on here yeah. a couple years ago. I think, um, he plays drums for Carrie Underwood. He's just a pocket guy and he plays big drums, big cymbals. And that, that's kind of where my big drums, big cymbals inspiration came from, I think personally. Um, well, but you then started I, tilting your drums, like 
They all your your drum kit looks like it's gonna <laughs> fall over. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yeah. He's an inspiration on all that kind of stuff. But it, but it's cool, you know. And and the big cymbals and drums thing, you know, that works for the worship stuff. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So that's some of my my inspiration, I guess. Cool. Well, I uh, I have to tell you that watching you inspires me. I love oh, man. I love watching watching your energy with stuff and. Uh, and you're really good at explaining it too, which is, I, I always think that's such a hard thing, you know, to actually, um, to, to, to know how to play things, but then also to know how to communicate it and help people put their own style on it. I love how you kind of approach it a little loosely or like, ah, oh, try this, try that. I think it's all really cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, I look forward to more. I'm going to come, I'm going to come to you for that ghost note. I'm gonna, I want a video on that. Okay, I'll try and make one on. I'll see. I'll let me test it out and see if it makes sense first. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, that doesn't work at all. What are you talking a, about? <laughs> if so, I'm sorry about that dumb idea at the beginning of this. So. <laughs> no, I think no, it makes sense. It's and it, it's funny, like how many things, like you watch and it, you know, it's like I can hear, I can hear things. I, I feel like in a sense, like sometimes drums feel a little bit more approachable to learn from a song than other things. Like if, like if you don't know guitar very well, it's hard to like pick out individual notes and like, how do I, how do I yeah. find the wrist? How do I find these chords? Whereas drums, like for the most part, especially if I can slow it down, you know, having it, you can kind of hear like, okay, this is, this one's doing, but like trying to figure out what's laying on top of each other and stuff. There's, there's a lot there, man. It's, it's, it's uh, I gain more respect for great drummers all the time. So oh, man. Uh, you are, you are one of them. So thanks for uh, taking the time to hang out. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. What a cool, what a cool dude. So awesome to see that Josh is uh, able to to get out on the road and tour. Like he's always wanted to do that since I've met him. Uh, to get out there and be touring in the CCM scene and just to see him really owning it and getting out there on the road, uh, it's pretty cool. Very cool. I, I know. Well, I mean, it's like you can watch just any one of his videos and you see the way, see how much passion he puts into playing, and it's just he's just a joy to watch. Like I'll just sit there and watch his music videos just cause I want to see him lose his mind on the drums. It's a good time. <laughs> he loves it so much. It's awesome. And he's like a normal dude. I feel like, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we, we all have different stereotypes of different musicians and not taking a shot at any drummers, but I feel like one of the biggest things with musicians is finding somebody that you can actually hang out with at the same time, you know, like, like totally. you're really good at this instrument and you're a socially performing human. And, totally. and and Josh manages to do that. So awesome yes. to have him. Yes, he's a good boy. Well, uh, speaking of good boys, Daniel, what time is it? It's time for member mail. Hit it. We're at that point of the of the year podcast where I actually know what that is. It's the beginning of the year where I'm like, what do you mean what time is it? It's about <laughs> five thirty in Nashville. <laughs> Um, so this is one of my favorite mail member mails I've ever gotten. It, it just, it cracks me up. So, uh, Dwayne says, Hey Jason, first, I wanted to thank you for the solo acoustic lessons on the site. As I mentioned in other emails I've sent, my son plays the guitar in church band now 17 years old, but he's also doing some Christmas songs around town and the solo acoustic lessons have really helped him work some of the newer contemporary Christmas mixes into his sets. It's really added a lot and they sound really good. So thank you for that. I know they were sort of added for smaller church services where it might be uh, a worship leader and a guitar, but it's also helping performers add something when they take their playing outside of church, which is super cool to hear because I the, the solo acoustic sections are my favorite 
are my favorite ones to uh, like sections of the song to do where we kind of where arrange it a little bit and try and make it more playable on its own. So it's kind of cool to hear that yeah. those are actually getting watched and used. So awesome. Um, Very cool. Uh, he goes, sec- secondly, and this is strictly to let you in on a joke. Um, we did Chain Breaker in our church and we were all chuckling at the blues riffing lessons where you talk about Bob and it being his time. So in this, in the Chain Breaker lesson, there's like these blues riffs. And I, yeah. and I just kind of talk about how like, hey, I'm not going to go through every riff, but like here's kind of the basic idea and try and avoid doing some of these things, you know? And, uh, yeah. and so there's one point where I actually specifically... I make the sound you're going to hear it in a second. Um, but it sounds, it's just kind of silly. Right. Um, so anyway, he says, he goes right after we heard that lesson for the first time, when you get to the part about keeping it short and not soloing over the whole thing, I was like, I have to have that. So I isolated it, converted it to a wave file. And now it's the custom notification sound for when Cameron texts me or my wife. It's perfect. It's instantly <laughs> recognizable. It's unique. It gets our attention. So as soon as we hear you going bweep, but a bweep, bweep, <laughs> that's, that's, it actually says that. Goes, Not that we're like, that's Cameron. And after using it for a year and a half, I told my wife that I had your email address and at least needed to fill you in on it. He said, so worship artistry is a one-stop <laughs> shop because our membership just renewed and we're still using it as much as we always have. Uh, they introduced us to a new song this week for the youth band. And when we logged in, there it was. So it's guitar tutorials, solo acoustic tips, and a ringtone shop all in one place. So thank you. <laughs> so Dwayne, awesome. thank Amazing. you. Because Dwayne sent me the thing he made. I didn't even know what he was talking about. Like we've done like 500 lessons. I'm like, I don't know. A bleep, but a bleep. That sounds like something I would say, you know, but this is what it actually <laughs> sounds like. Not that. That, man, that is funny, bro. That is crazy. I didn't <laughs> my, realize it was going to be so quick. My favorite part is that, like, the pause. that's just like, beep, 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 beep. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So, man. I love that. I do love that. So it brought it brought a lot of joy uh, to my day to hear that I've actually achieved ringtone status. So I feel I'm feeling pretty good. Next level. That's next level next level for sure well daniel uh we only have one more episode before we're gonna take a break for the year so that makes me sad i know but it'll we're only gonna take a little break we're gonna take a break for christmas and then also i'm definitely not gonna do these when i'm hopped up on drugs for my surgery <laughs> my dad my dad told me he's like yeah so like you're gonna want to work you're gonna think you can but just don't because you're gonna write a lot of weird things <laughs> I'm like okay all right good, good to know good to know um but we actually already have a bunch of interviews lined up for for next year ready so i'm really excited about it um but we got Very one more cool. we got one more next week so uh looking forward to that yep and uh that doesn't mean you know if you want to give us a nice little christmas gift it would be awesome if you would leave us a review over on itunes or spotify or where you ever listen to this podcast it's super helpful helps us get the word out there and uh if you want to go check out and actually learn how to not go bleep, but a boop, bleep, bleep, bleep. Not do that. <laughs> you can head over to worshipbyrestry.com, sign up for a free account, and uh, you have 21 days to try it out and just get a taste of everything that we have, which is uh, in the new year is going to be including vocal lessons. So, really excited about that. Yes. Daniel, I'll see you next week. Looking forward to it, man. Have a good week. All right, bye.